title is Everything Changes at Midnight. Everything Changes at Midnight. In our text, if you can turn in your Bible to Genesis 41, verse 14. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you, Lord, that it is living and it is true. God, we thank you for this moment, God, on this last day of the last month of the year, God. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak to your people a word in season. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's been said a million times today, but welcome to the last Sunday of the year. I love this time of year. It is my favorite. I love the time between Christmas and New Year's when you really don't know what day it is. Some of y'all may have went to work, but you didn't really do any work. You turned your computer on. But it's such an amazing time of the year. And in prepping for this message, I was reminded of another new year that I got to live in in my lifetime. Does anybody remember December 1999? Going into the millennial. Y2K. Baby, that was a time. You hear me? In December of 1999, I was about 12 or 13. And Y2K, baby, it had a shook. Some of y'all looking at me like, what is she talking about? Because y'all can't, y'all too, y'all too young. Y'all don't remember. But Y2K had the world in a panic. I mean, it wild times, y'all. The grocery stores were bare. Everyone bought everything. There was no tissue paper, which, by the way, what exactly are you going to do with tissue paper if everything went to pot? But there was nothing to be found on the shelves. All of the water were taken. I mean, it was a wild time. And remind you, I'm 12 or 13, so I'm fully dramatic, and I have fully drank the Kool-Aid. I mean, the world is ending, everything is crashing, we're all going to die, it's time to prepare. So me and my friends, we, we, we had been talking, and you know, we're in our AOL group chats, y'all remember the, the, the chats? And in the chat, they said, if you don't have a bunker, which y'all didn't have a bunker. But they said if you didn't have a bunker, what you need to do is get in a windowless bathroom, get in your tub, put the mattress over your head as if a tornado was coming, get all your food and everything you need, and you'll be good to go. Again, 13, fully bought in. I mean, I, listen, we, I was going to survive. So I'm in the bathroom. I mean, for, I lived in a house full of six people, but I didn't really care about them. So I was in the only windowless bathroom, had my mattress, had my true story. And my mom comes upstairs and she knocks on the bathroom door and she was like, hey, you getting ready for church? I was like, no, ma'am, the world is ending. 
what you mean getting ready for church? They said stay inside. And she was like, you have five minutes to get dressed and get your butt in the car. If the world is ending, the only place you need to be is church. Again, I was 13, so I was upset, but I went. But I <laughs> the frenzy of the moment. And I just remember how I remember just thinking in my head, 13, sitting in church. And I'm like, man, the world is going to end. Have I lived? Have I done all the things? What did I do this year? What did I accomplish? And that's what this time of the year reminds us, right? We start looking at our highlight reels. We start, people start posting on social media all the things that happened this year. We're celebrating the amazing things that happened this year. Maybe you bought that house. Maybe you got engaged. I feel like everybody got engaged this year. Maybe you had that baby. Maybe you got that promotion. Maybe that business started. And we're just looking and y'all, I love it. You're doing your, your Apple and Spotify recap. Mine's is personally Tasha Cobbs and Gracie's Corner, if you know. But I love seeing all of it. And in the reflection of all of the good, there's also the soberness. The soberness of some of the stuff that didn't happen. The soberness of dreams that were deferred, of wishes that were unmet. The soberness of goals that were unfulfilled. And I don't know about y'all, but if I'm honest, I don't know if we're really expecting much from 2024. Because 2023 wasn't exactly what we wanted it to be. I don't know if we're going into 2024 believing that God could do an instantaneous miracle. You know, in the text, we meet Joseph. And some of you know the story of Joseph. Joseph had a dream. He had a dream that his siblings and his brothers and, and his parents would all bow to him. Well, his family didn't like that too much. So they sold him into slavery, threw him in a pit. From the pit, he got bought by Potiphar. He went to Potiphar's house. Then things started looking up. He became second in command at Potiphar's house. But then, you know, the Bible told us that Joseph was handsome. So Potiphar's wife started looking at Joseph a little wonky, like, you look a little better than Potiphar. What's up? And Joseph didn't want the action, so he said, no, she got mad, so she lied on him. And of course, Potiphar's going to believe his wife. So he gets thrown into a prison. And from the prison, he meets a friend, and he, he interprets his dream, and his friend gets taken out of jail and gets put back in the palace. And Joseph's like, maybe this is it. But a month goes by, and another month goes by, and a year goes by. And y'all, Joseph had, Joseph had it hard. But little did Joseph know that God was taking him on a journey to set him up for an instantaneous miracle. Little did Joseph know that he was going to sleep one night in the prison but wake up in the palace. Union Church, I'm here to tell you tonight, 2024, God is setting you up for an instantaneous miracle. There are things that you're going to go to sleep in a situation and wake up in another. Some of you are going to go to sleep in debt and you're going to wake up debt free. Some of you are going to go to sleep single and you're going to wake up in that relationship that you've been waiting for. Some of you are going to go to sleep in your apartment and wake up in that house. Some of you are going to go to sleep with that loved one still unsaved, but you're going to wake up to them calling you. What must I do to get saved? God is setting us up for a miracle. Let's be real. Y'all know how we do it here. We're going to go to sleep to six campuses and wake up to nine. It sounds good. It sounds great. We can yell and shout amen to that. But it's a whole nother thing to position ourselves to receive it. 
You know, I remember in high school, I used to be a baller. I know I look a little girly girl, but baby, I was in sneakers. I played basketball, and one of the things that our coach used to tell us all the time, hey, whether you have the ball or not, you got to stay in position. You got to be ready. What does that mean? You got to be on the balls of your feet. Your hands got to be up because at any moment, the ball could come to you. And if you get ready when the ball is coming, it's too late. We got to get in position for what God wants to do in our lives. We got to get in position to receive that miracle when it comes. What does getting in position look like? I'm so glad you asked. Point one, if you're taking notes, write it down. You got to change your expectation. You got to change your expectation. You know, expectation means a strong belief that something will happen. A strong belief that something will happen. What are you expecting in 2024? What is it that you are expecting in 2024? Are you even expecting anything? Are you believing for a miracle? Are you even thinking about a miracle? Are you entering 2024 like it's another year? You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20 that God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. That's the pretext. We got to ask. We got to expect. He can't exceed nothing. So I ask again, what are you expecting in 2024? Come on. For some of us, life has beaten us up this year. For some of us, it's it's been a hard year. We're getting to the end of the year, barely crawling into 2024, that we're not really asking for much. All we're asking is, hey, I don't want 2024 to look like 2023. I just want it a little bit better. God does more than a little bit better. For some of us, the problem is not believing. Our faith is big. We can believe. We have, I mean, you, you want to know what I'm believing? I got a list a mile long of things I wanted God to do. So that's not our problem, but our problem is the thing that we don't really like to talk about. It's the waiting period. You see, from the moment that you receive a dream or a promise and the moment that it is actualized, there's a waiting period. And if we're honest with ourselves, that waiting period, it tends to weaken our expectation. The longer the wait, the lower our expectations get. It's I'm believing for that house. But man, we're going on year three. Maybe I just need to rent one. I'm believing for that relationship, but baby, (laughs) it's ghetto out here. Ain't a guy or a girl in sight. Like, so I'm walking into 2024, believing he can do it, but really walking in with a faded dream. I'm walking in with a faded expectation. There are some things that you have been believing for that honestly you put on the back burner because you've been waiting so long. The waiting period. Joseph had a waiting period. And it's funny, and the Bible doesn't tell us, but I'm going to assume. Is that okay? I bet you Joseph lost faith. I bet you he lost hope. I mean, think about it. 
You get a dream from God. Everyone's going to bow to you. And then you get sold into slavery. It's like, oh, God, this ain't, this, it's not looking like the dream. But then you get into Potiphar's house. Okay. It's looking up. Potiphar works for Pharaoh. You put me in second in command. I, I see what you're doing. But then he gets thrown into prison. And again, it's like, God, this isn't what you promised. Then his friend gets re- uh, removed from prison to the palace. And he's like, this is it. He's going to remember me. But a week goes by and a month goes by and a year goes by. And he's, I don't, I don't know. And I just think that Joseph lost faith a little bit. And he lost a little bit of hope. I think Joseph believed he was going to die in that prison. Like he was just going to end up there for the rest of his life. Have you ever been waiting for something for so long that by the time you got it, it's like, I wasn't even expecting it. I remember a couple of years ago, we went, me and a couple of friends, and we were in Miami, and we were at this popular restaurant um, that I can't say, and I really can't say because I don't want to get in trouble, but it was a steak restaurant, had three letters, and we ordered our food, and we're talking, and it's a group of friends. So, you know, you, you, when you're with your friends, you're laughing, you're joking, you're talking, and an hour goes by. And you realize, wait a minute, my food ain't here. So what do you do? You get the waiter. Hey, my guy, how you doing? You doing good? All right. Having a good day? Great. Listen, we ordered our food an hour ago. Where is it? He's like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. Okay, great. We keep talking again and 30 minutes go by and see, now I'm starting to get hangry. If you don't know me, I like to eat. And if I'm not eating, I'm not happy. So now I don't want the waiter. I want the manager. So the manager comes and the city of Miami at the time was having water issues. So the restaurant was having water issues. So the kitchen was backed up and delayed. And the manager comes out and he was like, I'm sorry, we're working on it. It's coming. I'm going to comp this and comp this and comp that. And it's like, okay, good. You know, it's like comping stuff. You, you relax a little. <laughs> 30 minutes go by again and the manager comes out and he goes, hey, folks, I'm really sorry. We're bringing your food out, but unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it to go. Because the restaurant is closing. So we get our food and we get back to the hotel. And y'all, I am so tired. We have been traveling all day. It's late at night. I was so hungry. I waited so long. I looked at the food and I looked at my bed and I, I just went to sleep. And because I went to sleep, I missed out on what some people say was some really good food. But that's what we do sometimes. We've been waiting for so long that we just choose something else. We do something else. The Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? The waiting period may be long, but God is up to something God is up to something. You see, Joseph didn't know that God was setting him up for an instantaneous miracle. Joseph didn't realize that in 24 hours, his whole life would change. Joseph didn't realize that at midnight, everything would change, that he was going to go to sleep in a prison, a prisoner, and wake up in the palace, second in command of the most powerful nation on earth at the time. You guys, God is up to something. We may be waiting for a long time, but don't 
tarry in the wait. Don't get weary in waiting. Don't get weary in waiting. God is up to something. He's setting you up for what he wants to do. The waiting period. So what do you got to do? You got to get your expectations back. You got to get your expectations back. You've been waiting a long time. You got to get your expectations back. That house is taking forever. You got to get your expectations back. That relationship is taking forever. You got to get your expectations back. You got to get your expectations back because the Bible says when you have an expectation, that's when God will come to meet it. So how do you get your expectations back? So glad y'all are asking all these questions. You got to look for God in your everyday. You see, sometimes we focus on the big things and we miss them in the little things. But when we see him in the little things, we see that he's working it out for the big things. I think about the story of the Israelites when he brought them out of Egypt. He performed some big miracles. He did the 10 plagues. He parted the Red Sea. He did his big one, as the kids would say. But you know what else he did? He provided manna every day. He made sure that their clothes never got worn. He made sure that their shoes never got worn. He took care of them every single day they were in the wilderness. There are signs of breakthrough all around us, and we're missing it because we're so focused on what God has not done. Joseph had signs of breakthrough everywhere he went. He got sold into slavery, but he found favor with Potiphar. He rose to the ranks. Yeah, he got thrown back in prison, but guess what? He found favor in the prison. He was chief prisoner for whatever that means. He was over here telling other prisoners what to do. But Joseph had signs of breakthrough all around him. So yes, that loved one is not saved, but they're calling you more. And they're asking more questions. And yes, you haven't gotten that promotion at your job, but your boss likes you. And that environment is good and hospitable. There are signs of breakthrough if we just take a second to look at it. The second thing is this. You got to change your clothes. The scripture said when he had shaved and changed his clothes. Why? Because Joseph couldn't stand before Pharaoh dressed like a prisoner. He couldn't wear prison clothes in a palace. He couldn't stand before a king dressed like a prisoner. He had to rid himself of his past to be able to step into where he was going. You guys, for some of us, we got to change our clothes. I remember uh, 2018, yeah, 2018, when I was pregnant with my first son and you know, for most of us women, we're a little delusional sometimes, and it's okay. I'm proud to live in my delusion. But when I got pregnant, I was like, I'm going to make it through this pregnancy without buying maternity clothes. I can do it. <laughs> and I'm rocking and rolling, and in month six, you know, you put some on, but it's not going on. And you're looking at yourself, and eventually, I even tried the little trick with the jeans where you use the scrunchie, so you ain't got to get maternity clothes. The guys are all looking at me like, what is she talking about? But I had to eventually get new clothes. Why? Because my body was growing and I was experiencing something new. And the old clothes that I used to wear couldn't go with me to where I was going. And it wasn't just clothes, though. I had to change my mindset. I had to change my habits. My husband had to change his habits. We had to change our house. There were things that we had to do to get ready for what God was bringing into our lives. We couldn't step into parenthood like we did everything else. Union Church, there are some things that we have to change. And I'm talk, talking about clothes, but metaphorically, there are some mindsets that we got to shed. 
there's some prison clothes that we got to get rid of. What do prison clothes represent? Prison clothes represent, represents a lack of identity. They represent a lack of decision making. They represent being forgotten, being left behind. We can't step into all that God has for us with all of that on us. It sounds good, but what, what are some things we got to get rid of? For some of us, we got to get rid of offense. There's some people that you have to forgive. Some of us are offended at God. Why? Because, you know, I should have had that thing by now. I should have done this by now. I should have had the promotion by now. I should have had X, Y, and Z because I did A, B, C, and I don't have it. So now I'm, I'm offended. And because I'm offended, everything that happens in my life after the offense started now gets added to the list of, see, they don't value you. They don't appreciate you. They don't see you. You're doing all that. It's not happening. Some of us have been offended so long that it's turned into bitterness. And what does bitterness do? Bitterness rots our soul. It leaks out. I, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a cook. I like to call myself a cook. I'm not a chef, but I'm a cook. What does that mean? It means I can throw a dish together. It may not look how it's supposed to look. But it's going to taste how it's supposed to taste. But um, when I first got married, I married, I'm Nigerian, grew up in a Nigerian household, and my mama taught me how to cook Nigerian food. But I married an American. So when we got married, he started asking for dishes, and I'm like, huh? So he's like, one day he was like, babe, can you make shrimp scampi? I was like, sure. (laughs) I know how to Google. So I Google a recipe and I got the I got the colossal shrimp, not the little ones, but the colossal shrimp. And I'm making the dish and I know how to follow instructions. And the instructions called called for some lemon. Now I'm a little heavy handed. So I put the lemon in and, and I thought I put just enough and I, I, I lined up the shrimp and I garnished it. I mean, the dish looked amazing. And my husband goes to eat it and he like his face instantly turned bitter. And I'm like, what's wrong? He was like, mm. <laughs> he was like, um, no, babe, this is, this is, I mean, it's early marriage. Cause now he just be like, this ain't good. But <laughs> he was like, did you, did, did you use some lemon? And I was like, yeah, the dish called for some lemon. Do you taste it? He goes, oh, I'll taste it. <laughs> the, I tasted the dish y'all. It tasted just nothing but lemons. The lemon had overpowered the dish and soured it. That's what bitterness does to us. It sours our speech. It sours our actions. It sours our interactions. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if Joseph had bitterness in his heart? Let's play this out. They bring him from the prison to the palace and Pharaoh's like, I heard you can interpret dreams. Joseph's like, yeah. I'm glad y'all remembered me. He's looking at his friends like two years, really? Like, but imagine if he walked into the palace like that. Pharaoh would probably have been like, take him back. He's not ready. I'm not dealing with that. And for some of us, we are potentially going to forfeit what God has for us because we have bitterness in our heart. And I'm telling you, 2023, you got to get out of that. It's time to change clothes. Some of you, it's not offense. It's not bitterness. It's fear. You're just scared out of your mind. You're scared that if God does the thing that he said he's going to do, you're not going to be able to do it. You're going to be found out as a fraud. Like there's just 
fear. You got to get out of those clothes for where God is taking you. There's a new mindset that you have to pick up. There are palace clothes that you have to pick up. What are those things? You got to put on humility. You got to put on humility. God wants to do an exchange. In Isaiah 61, it says he wants to give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. There's an exchange that can happen in the presence of God, but we got to be humble enough to enter. So you're dealing with the fence. You got to exchange that for gratitude. Yes, it doesn't look like it's supposed to look, but God, I'm grateful. Yes, I'm not where I said I wanted to be, but God, I'm grateful. Yes, that loved one is not saved, but God, I'm grateful. We got to pick up gratefulness in every situation. Yes, you may be dealing with bitterness. Take that off and put on joy. There's joy in the little things. You can find joy for nothing else. There's breath in your body. You're in your right mind. You're able to walk. You're able to talk. There's joy in the little things. Yes, you haven't found your healing, but you can find joy Yeah, you may not have enough. Put on abundance. The Bible says he's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So God, I lack nothing. It may not look like I have everything that I need, but I lack nothing. And we got to walk in that and talk in that and believe that. We got to change our clothes. For some of us, if it's fear, you got to exchange that for God's love. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. Fear can't go with you where God wants to take you. We got to drop that. The last thing is this. You got to change your confidence. When Joseph stood before Pharaoh, he made it clear that he did not have the ability to do the thing that Pharaoh wanted him to do, but he knew the God that did. A lot of us are going to walk into 2024 with the pressure of trying to create our own miracles. We're going to feel like it's up to us to figure out the finances. It's up to us to get that loved one saved. It's up to us to get that promotion. It's up to us. It's up to us. It's up to us. And if you do that, you're going to have a miserable year. Because none of that was supposed to be up to you. God wants to do something new. God wants to take you to somewhere new, somewhere that you've never been before. You can't navigate it on your own. You got to put your confidence in the one who can. Can you imagine? Joseph stood in front of Pharaoh. This was the moment that everything could change and he felt no pressure. He stood flat footed and knowing it's not me. It's the God I serve. As we enter 2024, you got to know it's not you. It's the God you serve. It's not up to you. It's up to the God you serve. God is going to do it. He said it. He will fulfill it. He that called you will make it happen. It's not up to us. It's up to God. And in, in, in verse 16, he says, I can't do it, but God can. But here's the thing. He said in that moment that I can't do it. And what did Pharaoh respond? See, the thing is, when we give credit to God, you know what God does? He turns around and gives credit right back to us. The Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There are situations that you're getting ready to walk into in 2024 that you can't take credit for. But guess what? God's going to give you the credit anyway. And here's the thing. In verse 39, Pharaoh told Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, There is no one so discerning and wise as you. 
You will be in charge of my nation. And only up to, only, only with you, only second to you, only second to the throne will I be greater than you. Joseph told Pharaoh, I'm not the one that did it. And Pharaoh said, great, I'm going to put you in charge. Here is the thing. Joseph didn't shrink back. Joseph didn't say, no, 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 it's not me. I've been a prisoner. I'm not ready. And I don't, this is all happening so fast. No, when the door opened, Joseph stepped in. Why? Because he knew the God that called him. He knew the God that favored him. Union Church in 2024, God is going to open some doors that you couldn't open yourself. But when he does it, it's not the time to shrink back. It's not the time to act scared. It's not the time to say you're not qualified. It's the time for you to step in fully and know that the God that called you, he will do it. He is faithful. His hand is on your life. God is taking us to a new level. Are you ready? Are you expecting? Are you ready to go where he wants to take you? Are you ready to take off some mindsets and put on new ones? Are you ready to step into all that he has for you? Listen, 2024 is going to be a good year. But only if you position yourself to receive what God has for you. Let's pray. For some of y'all in the room, God is talking to you in this moment. There are things that you have to let go of. There are things that you have to exchange to be able to walk into 2024 with all that God has for you. For some of you, you gotta get your expectation back. You realize that you stopped dreaming, you stopped believing, you stopped expecting God to do something. In this moment, he's talking to you. Some of you are in this moment and you're like, I don't even know where to start. This God you're talking about, I don't have a relationship with him. And I'm telling you, don't go into 2024 without the God who can do all of this. If that's you in the room, I'd love to lead you in a prayer of salvation. And even as a sign of encouragement, church, can we say this together? Lord, I thank you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I thank you, Lord, that you have so much more in store for me. I'm surrendering control of my life. I make you my Lord and my personal Savior. Lead me and I will follow. And I'll be sure to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Church, can we celebrate everyone who made that decision? It's a good time.